Prologue I blink my eyes until my vision is no longer blurred and I can clearly see the glaring sun hovering directly over me. It yells at me from where it hangs in all its glory at the middle of the bright blue sky. If the intense heat it casts over my body is any indication, there is an urgency in the great star's message. I turn my head and am awestruck by the big beautiful trees that surround me. They tower over my tiny form making me feel humbled. Their leaves sway with a gust of wind and I am calmed by the rustling sound they make. I close my eyes to enjoy the moment. As I begin to relax, my fingers twitch from where they lay beside my thighs, and I feel soft wet earth against my skin. It is then that I smell the undeniable scent of mud and grass. I lift my palm and run it across the blades that encircle me. My suspicions are confirmed by the light prickling against my hands. I inhale deeply, enjoying the way the damp air feels as it rushes through my body. I smile. I am soothed. It is then that I hear the sweet song of a bird in the distance. It croons into the air for no one but itself, whistling an absent-minded tune of grass and mud and tree and sun. The bird's voice is becoming more distant as the time passes, and I itch to follow its entrancing voice. I lift my torso from the ground. My head instantly begins to throb. I close my eyes against the sudden intense pain, pressing my fists into my forehead in an attempt to ease the discomfort. After a few moments, it begins to subside. I think of laying back into the safety and comfort of the grass, but I do not want to risk another headache if I decided to rise again. Instead, I get used to my new position, which has come with a new vantage point. I see that there are not only trees and grass around me, but big, bright, beautiful flowers as well. I was deep inside a patch of earth untouched by man. No sign of trails or houses. No trace of hunting equipment or any kind of human invention. There was only pure, clean and wondrous nature. As I look around where I sit in the tall greenery, no other soul in sight, I feel both safe and anxious. There is no sense of direction here. No way and no one to guide me. I am lost. My body has brought itself to its feet before my mind can decide whether it is the right thing to do. Even completely upright, the forest still makes me feel small. The shrubbery is to my waist, and the trees are well above that. The view is exactly the same, only at a different angle. In every direction, there is vast, thick, green nothingness for as far as the eye can see. Panic begins to set in, and I can feel my chest becoming tight. I look down at my hands, only a moment ago, steady, now shaking uncontrollably. Not only am I lost, but I'm trapped. If I move one inch to the left or right, I could be moving deeper into the forest instead of exiting its leafy, woody grasp. I look around and around until I make myself dizzy from spinning. What choices do I have? To stay here would mean certain death. I'm aware that just because I don't see any animals, does not mean they are not there. In a place as hidden from humans as this, there are sure to be some predators and lots of prey around. My presence has thrown their ecosystem off, or it would if I were to stay. They are somewhere in the greenwood observing me, deciding when the right time is to test my strength. They will try to place me on their food chain.
I would rather not put them through the trouble. I take one last look at the patch of grass on which I awoke. It leaves me no clues. Only a faint outline of my slender body which is already starting to vanish. I am on my own. I take a deep, settling breath. I ball my hands into fists. I prepare to take a step forward. As I lift my bare foot and am about to plant it into the ground a few inches before me, a voice bellows throughout the forest, stop. My entire body stiffens, as birds once perching quietly in the trees, scatter through the sky in fear. They squeak and squeal, and fight to escape the hidden intruder, wherever he may be. The command seems to ripple throughout the entire area, as I feel I can still hear its echo in the distance. I carefully lower my foot back into place, and raise my face to the sky. My attempt to search for a source of the cry is in vain, I have absolutely no idea where I would even begin to look. Instead, I answer them, why? The leaves around me rustle, so my reply must have stirred some of the ground inhabitants. They begin to retreat. I turn my attention back to the canopy. It is still. All the birds have flown. My unintended companion may have as well. Surprisingly, I do not fear the stranger. Though the voice was deep, coarse and rumbling, I feel as though I can sense his intention. I feel no threat. How strange. I force the thought from my mind, and instead decide to try for another step. I lift my foot and as my toe is about to touch the earth in front of me, the voice yells again, stop. This time, I ignore it, and I step forward. Only a few seconds later, I hear a light thud behind me. It is so faint a sound in fact, that if I hadn't expected it, I wouldn't have noticed. I feel a soft breath against my ear and every hair on my body stands erect. The voice whispers, you've crossed into Silvi territory now. I gasp and turn quickly to face my stranger. His bright, blue eyes meet mine. I am stunned. His eyes look like jewels embedded in his stern face. His skin is olive-toned and smooth, free from blemishes and imperfections. His jaw is strong and straight. His black hair falls in waves to his bare shoulders, brushing across the muscles there. His physique is that of a sculpture, hard as stone and perfectly chiseled. Tattered pants hang from his narrow waist, covering his thighs but leaving his large calves on display. He must do a lot of running or climbing to have legs so powerful looking, like a stallion. I have never seen anything like him. I am instantly captivated. I am instantly... Attracted? What? The... Heck? You're you, are you, you're an Eden? I stutter. Somewhere between the intrigue and the nuance, I have lost my ability to form complete sentences. How wonderful. With much effort, I sputter a coherent phrase, you're an Eden? His thick lips part. And you're a human, he rumbles. How did you get here? I study his foreign face, so pensive and firm. Edens were thought to have been long gone from this side of the world. They all fled east after the Holy War. Why would one come back? 
What do you mean? The Eden cocks his head to the side. For some reason, the gesture makes me take notice of how tall he is, I nearly have to lean back to look into his face. He is magnificently large as well. I should be intimidated, but I am only wildly curious. How did you travel for Myela? I clarify. He speaks with an accent, but I don't doubt he can understand me perfectly. His sapphire eyes narrow. The Eden's once cautious expression turns, amused. The skin between his eyebrows becomes unwrinkled, and the tautness in his jaw disappears. The Eden smiles at me. He reveals sharp white teeth that look like a shark's, and he begins to laugh. His shoulders shake with hilarity in an almost boyish way. I can see, now, the deep dimples in his cheeks and the youthfulness behind the hard features. My words have softened him, but his reaction has hardened me. He is looking at me as if I am crazy, as if he pities me. This somehow ignites an anger within me. I am already lost. Now I am confused. Now I do feel as if I've lost my mind. Instead of helping me, this Eden is taking pleasure in my distress. What is the joke? I say, folding my arms across my chest. I am thankful when I feel a rough, burlap material there. I hadn't taken notice to whether I was clothed or nude. In front of this stranger, I would rather be the former. The Eden's chuckles begin to lessen, and he regards me with warmth in his eyes. I did not travel for Myela. I scuff in disbelief. He's trying to pass for a human? Tough chance. Um, yeah sure. You're clearly an Eden. Your eyes, your build, your accent. Not to mention your teeth. You're not human. So you cannot be for Myena. He smiles, you're right. I am not for Myena. So. Then. How did you get here? I ask, frustration seeping from my every pore. This game is quickly irritating me. If this Eden doesn't want to help me or give me some kind of understanding of where we are or what he is doing here, he should just leave me alone. He doesn't, though. He just stands there looking at me with fascination, as if I am a discovery. Well? I ask impatiently. I did not travel to Aina, he says. I decide this conversation is going nowhere and I turn to leave. I need to get away from this Eden and out of this forest. I am exhausted with both. Goodbye and good luck, Eden. Stop, he commands me for the third time since we've met. This time, though, he says the word softly. His tone could be mistaken for an endearing one if he wasn't a stranger. His rough hands now lay on my shoulder and through my peripheral vision I see that where a human would have nails, he has claws. Otherwise, his hands are perfectly... Normal? Well, perfectly human. You're not helping me, I say facing him once more, pleading with my eyes for assistance. I want to understand. Yes, his face is set back into its prior seriousness, all laughter gone from his eyes, and so do I. 
so just tell me how you came to be here, I beseech. I was born here, he replies. And Eden? Born in Aina? Unheard of. He doesn't look like he is kidding, and I get a strong feeling that he is not lying. I must be missing something. You were born here? I repeat, testing the words on my lips. He watches me, as if he is waiting for me to understand. Then I do. No Edens have been seen in Aina for over a hundred years. Therefore, no Edens could have been born in Aina in the last hundred years. If this Eden is standing before me, telling me that he has not traveled here from Aila, that must mean. How did you come to be in Aila, human? He asks. I can't feel my body. I have gone numb. Aila? I am in Aila? Oh no. I have no way to communicate with Edens. They speak the forgotten language. I mean, this Eden is speaking the human tongue, but what about the others? If no one can understand me, how will I demand to be taken the hell off this forsaken land? I think about how I am hundreds of miles away from where I am meant to be. I think of how I am in an unknown forest, with a thought-to-be extinct being. I think of how alone I am in this moment. Then, I think of the Eden's question. How did I come to be here? I search every corner of my mind, yet I can retrieve no memory of how I got to this point in time. My mind is blank. My breathing quickens, and I find it difficult to bring air into my lungs. I I try to speak, but feel as though I am underwater. My limbs are heavy. My body is shaking. I, I can't remember, I whisper. The Eden scans my trembling form, from the top of my head to the tips of my toes. His big blue orbs study every inch of my body, it seems, until they settle on my eyes. He stares into me for several long moments, and during that time, I am trapped in his gaze. My feet feel glued to the damp dirt beneath us, and my empty mind is filled with only him. We stay there, motionless, looking into each other until the Eden breaks my trance. He reaches a heavy hand towards my face, running a sharp finger along my cheek, and in a deep murmur, he asks, Who are you? I close my eyes, and exhale, needing desperately to say out loud what I have been thinking the last few minutes. The thought rakes through my brain causing me pain. I need it to be expelled from my body. I need to be rid of it, or at least share it with someone else. I bring my hand to his, where it rests on my cheek, and I turn my face into his cool touch. I feel a stream of tears escape my closed lids, and my throat begins to tighten. Before long, I am whimpering into his palm. He must think I am crying because I can't remember coming or being brought here. A logical assumption. It is true, I am distressed by my lack of memory regarding that particular situation, but not nearly as distressed as I should be. Forgetting how I got to Aila, grays in comparison to the true cause of my tears. I open my eyes, lift my wet face to the sky and finally answer the cries of the glaring sun. I don't know who I am.